Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast with Kevin Harrington and Seth Green. Kevin Harrington is the inventor of the infomercial, one of the original sharks from the hit TV show Shark Tank, and has generated over $5 billion in TV and digital direct response sales. Seth Green is the world's first trusted authority on cutting-edge direct response marketing, a best-selling author, and the only three-time Marketer of the Year nominee. On the podcast, Kevin and Seth interview sharkpreneurs who share straight talk on what it takes to explode your business. Why do so many businesses struggle while others seem to explode overnight? Do you wish you had the secret to this type of exponential growth? Now, I've scaled more than 20 businesses to over $100 million, and it's not just luck. In my new book with Mark Tim, Mentor to Millions, you'll learn the repeatable framework I use in all my business ventures for massive success. Order at KevinMentor.com and get over $1,000 in bonuses. Head to KevinMentor.com. Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast. This is your co-host, Seth Green. Today, I have the honor of being joined by one of the few people who've been on Sharkpreneur twice, Scott Love from the Rainmaker Podcast and Attorney Search. Scott, welcome back. Thank you, Seth. Wow, I had I didn't know I had that honor. I'm I'm excited about that. Thank you. I've got to I've got to go look through our 500 episodes. I think there are probably maybe probably less than 10 people who we've had more than once. Wow, that's great. Thank you. So on the first episode, which everybody should go find and listen to, we talked about a little bit about you, about how you got yep. to where you are, about uh, how you're helping how you're helping attorneys at international law firms, you know, rain make, move from one firm to another, bring clients mm-hmm. with, establish relationships, all that stuff. I want to dive deeper now. I want to talk about something that's relevant to all of our listeners, whether they are a lawyer or not, which most of them aren't, whether they are, but they're all in business and they're all always looking to grow their sales. So right. as am I, what do you think in your expertise from what all the work you've done, what's the biggest impediment? What's getting in the way the most and preventing them from getting to like that next level of success, whatever that level, whether it's production, whether it's revenue, whether it's number of clients, what is our biggest block? I think our biggest block is ourselves. And I'll give you some perspective and keep in mind, I don't just recruit partners. I also speak at conferences for pretty much any sort of sales related group or professional services firm, anybody that's involved and selling services. And I used to have a training company that was niched within the recruiting industry, and I eventually sold that. But I've got this deep experiential base of insightful conversations with hundreds, if not thousands of people that are in B2B sales. And the one impediment that most people have that keeps them from reaching their full potential is their self-image. And I think that, and this is my own journey as well, Seth, is that I've been through different roller coasters where I make a lot of money and I turn into Jojo the idiot circus boy and I get to the very end of the sale and I crush my sale. If you remember that movie, Tommy boy, did you ever see that movie? Yes. Remember that? It's like, Helen, let me tell you why I suck in sales. This is my sale. You're naughty. You're my naughty sale. And I crush it. I've been that guy. And I've gotten in the head of a lot of people of what keeps them from reaching their full potential. And it's themselves. And so as I really studied this, and I remember there was a a book that I found in a Books A Million. I was in there, this is years ago. And it was a book on how to overcome self-sabotage. And the title was called 
how to overcome self-sabotage. <laughs> it's very clear. That's right. And it was written by Pat Pearson. So if you look it up in Amazon, and I think that was the actual title, but Pat Pearson was the author. And the one thing I got out of that book was deservability. I didn't feel like I deserved to have success in my life. And I think a lot of that goes towards not just me, but those people that have been in that same scenario it goes to our childhood. Other people may, but you may not. Don't think of money as, uh, you know, and, and even the relationship that I had with money was not a healthy relationship because I looked at it as, well, those rich people, they did something wrong to get that. So I think that when people are in sales, when their business is based on their ability to talk people in, to separating from their money and giving them some of their money, you're exchanging value for money. They have to think of it in a different perspective. So I'll share some things with you that I've learned that have helped other people in that same scenario. That'd be great. Because when you talk about that relationship with money, it's you have to change the way you think about the way your parents taught you to the, the, the way money is nothing more than a representation of the exchange of value. And you create wealth by looking at how much value can I create? And so that's just, just one change. Just I've shared that with a lot of people and just that one change, it changes their perspective. The other thing is the relationship that people have with ourselves, the concept of emotional awareness, emotional intelligence, how we manage our emotions and effect effectively and how we positively influence the emotions of other people. If people have this disconnect, if they don't understand that they're truly responsible for everything that happens to them, even when they're in the middle of adversity, they still have a choice in how they choose to respond to that adversity when they grow in that emotional awareness. And I think uh, kind of going back to what you said, the impediment of self-image is that if they're in a scenario where they start seeing they're starting to get more of what they want, they might sabotage that and it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. So I've seen a lot of professionals that they have to do the work and growing in their self-esteem to really build that so that they can see themselves as somebody that's truly worthy, that deserves to have those blessings in life. That is very, very well put. I would agree. I think another great book on that topic is Psycho-Cybernetics by Maxwell, yeah, Maxwell Maltz. Maltz. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, where uh, Dr. Maltz talked about how you can't outperform your self-image. And if you make 250 grand a year and you believe you're worth that, then if you push really hard and maybe you get to 350, but then the next year you're going to sabotage yourself and take yourself back down to where you're right. comfortable. And we've got to right. do the work on the self-image. So how do you do that? How are you seeing uh, professional salespeople and entrepreneurs do the work to expand that self-image so they can get to that next level? That's a good question. And I'll give you an example. There was a recruiter that worked for me who he'd never done recruiting. He'd never done sales. He joined my company years ago and said, I'll do everything you tell me. And his first year, he built 300,000. He was making six figures in his first 12 months of the business. And the next six months, he did, he did absolutely nothing in terms of billings. And I was kind of perplexed. Why is it that somebody that did so well so soon would go through this six-month period of everything falling apart? And we did deal autopsies on all the deals that should have closed, but didn't. And I found in four of them, there were specific events where he didn't do things that he should have done, or he did things that he shouldn't have done to where the deal didn't close. And so I think it was, he just didn't see himself as being successful. So there's this thermostat where if I, if I feel like my income is at 70,000, and if I get above it, 
I'm starting to make 300. I'm going to do things that are going to bring it back down to where I feel it's comfortable and where it's normal. If I go below it, I'm going to do things to where it's back up to 75. And so this is what I had to do. I would, you know, I've been broke probably about three different times. I've been rich three times. I've been broke three times. And finally, you figure it out. And I think the one thing people can do is they can pre-play their success. You want to live in the future as if you'd hit your goal. You think of what is that ultimate career billing goal? What is it that if you're able to do what you're supposed to do every single hour of every day for a year, what are you truly capable of doing? And there was one person I was advising and I asked her this. I said, if you're able to produce every single hour of every day and work at the level that you know you can, and if you did that for a year and you wouldn't burn out and all your relationships would be perfect, what do you think you're capable of producing? She said, I can do 500,000 a year. I'm doing 250 now. I know I can do 500. And I asked her, I said, what's the worst thing that would happen? She said, I'd be very tired. And I said, are you tired now? She said, yes. I said, what's the difference? Get busy. <laughs> and so I think the answer to your question, Seth, is we need to pre-play our success. Uh, when you hit that golf ball, you see it going into the, onto the green in one shot. You want to imagine it. And so what I did when I started recruiting partners, I'd never recruited attorneys before. I'm talking to the people that you read about in the Wall Street Journal, people that you see on CNN every day. And I would pre-play that shot. I would imagine myself talking to this attorney. He's taking my call. He's listening to me. He's building trust. He trusts me. And then the second part of that is that you replay. When you've achieved certain successes, then you take a few of those and you imagine those in your mind before you make that call, before you have that Zoom meeting or that in-person meeting, you think through of previous meetings that occurred to where it worked out and your clients bought from you. So I think those are a couple of ideas that people can do to kind of get, get that self-esteem up and increase the odds of success. I think those are great tips. Now, what do you find, let's put the self-esteem issue aside for a second. What are you finding is working best for inspiring others to get them to move to that, to want to move to that next level and get them to want to own their worthiness? Yeah, I think, so like if there's a sales manager that has a group of salespeople that work for him or her, it's, uh, it's leadership. It's being able to set the vision. This is what our organization is all about. These are our values. This is our vision. This is our mission. This is why you have significance and being clear in directing them and telling them, this is what I see within you. I've had people that have worked for me where the ones that have worked out, uh, I let them know that this is the skill that you have. I've got a colleague right now that works for me and she's magnificent in her people skills, but we have to work on things. And I told her, I said, uh, everybody is unique. Everybody has something that's distinct about them. And she's got a lot of sass. <laughs> she's got a lot of sass. And that's who she is. And I said, go with that. That's who you are. People love that. And that authenticity. And so I think realizing that every person on your team has some sort of magic about them. And you need to see what that magic is and help bring that to the surface. I think that's one thing that people in a leadership role can do. Absolutely. What do you like best about doing the Rainmaker podcast and the people you get to talk to? I learn. I'm sitting at the feet of people like you. We've had you on the show that'll be coming out. And I like the fact that I have a reason to talk to people that have something to share. And so I feel like I'm Tom Sawyer. People are paying me to paint the fence, right? I get to learn. 
And, and, I, and I like the fact that it builds that visibility within my recruiting niche and that I've been able to get in front of other groups from that, uh, from the Rainmaking podcast to speak at their conferences. But more than anything, it's just a chance to learn, Seth. That's great. Now, when you are, are you doing follow on work? So if the law firm is hiring you to do the recruiting, when you bring the lawyer over from firm A to firm B, does your role end there? Or are you providing like ongoing mentoring and coaching and, and stuff like that to help make sure that the transition is a successful one? How does that work? It, it depends. It depends on, uh, do I need to do that? A lot of the time, uh, the firms that I'm working with, they'll have resources in place that help partners get integrated. Sometimes they'll work with coaches. They've got coaches on staff that help them to really develop their business. Uh, but more than anything, it's maintaining the relationship and it's learning. Here's another story. I place a partner with a firm and I keep in touch with that partner. Sometimes that partner will have friends of his or her that he or she will refer me to. Now I've got a connection. I place so-and-so at this firm. He spoke highly of you. We thought you might be a good fit for them. So it's really understanding the firm's story and how I can be part of that story. But more than anything, it's, it's looking at how can I continue to serve that firm uh, with future placements. For our folks who are watching and lear learning, who might want to learn more about your process. I know you've got a unique style of helping people rain make and mm -hmm. helping them achieve their sales and production goals. Where do they go to learn more about that? If you go to the Rainmaking podcast, that'll take you to the show directly. We're probably up to about 40 different episodes. And uh, I've got other articles. People can just Google me. On, uh, and find other articles that I've written. I also wrote a book on leadership called Why They Follow. If you go to Amazon, type that in, Why They Follow, because the premise, and it works for people in sales also. If you think about what we do in sales, we're in the ability of building trust and getting people to take action. Same thing in leadership. I need to build trust with my team and get them to take action. It's the exact same concept of influence. The premise is, if I can find out why you buy, I'll be able to sell to you. If I can find out why you follow, I'll be able to get you to, to take, take my lead. And so it, it really gives ideas through stories to show people in positions of influence how to increase those odds of compliance with others. That is, I'm gonna go get that. That is absolutely yeah. fantastic. It's an easy read. It's an easy read. All right, <laughs> well. Thank you for coming back a second time. This has been Seth Green with Sharkpreneur with Scott Love of the Rainmaking Podcast. Scott, thanks so much. Thank you, Seth. Thanks everybody for watching or listening and we'll talk to you next time. Do you need money to fund your idea, product or service? Are you ready to take your business to the next level but need capital to get it done? Kevin Harrington has heard more than 50,000 pitches and knows how to help you make the perfect pitch to get the funding for your entrepreneurial dream. He's distilled the process down in his perfect pitch cheat sheet, and it's yours for free. Just text PITCH to him right now at 727-888-2100. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 right now and claim your free perfect pitch cheat sheet. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 to start funding your dream today. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.